This is the Don Juans of Dynasty, where we discuss all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. Sit back and enjoy the show. All right, Don Juans of Dynasty are back. Week four is in the books. Um, we're going to go ahead and mix it up a little bit this week, review a little bit of trade action from one of the listeners, and go through a couple of players that uh, their usage is either not what we expected or it's not creating the fantasy results we anticipated thus far in the season, and what to do with those players. Uh, but without any further ado, I'm your host, Mike, and I'm joined by John. Yo. And Tommy. How we doing? What's going on, boys? Um, well, I just want to start by saying starting DJ Shark in four leagues was a bad idea this week. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I know everybody knows I like DJ Shark a lot, but I just wanted to make sure and uh, set the record straight. I regret nothing. Um, Fair. <laughs> yeah. I, I just it was, it was important for me to say that because I, I've never played fantasy and felt like I lost every single game. As quickly as I did this week. Like, Thursday night, like, the second snap of Thursday night, I just automatically knew I was getting a zero in, like, every league with at least one of my wide receivers. So, uh, note to self, don't do that, I guess, moving forward. Um, but, yeah, let's let's go ahead and get started. John, I know you have a trade from one of the uh, one of the avid listeners who wants us to review it and kind of take a look at his team. Uh, why don't we go ahead and start there? Yeah, so he is – been our number one fan since the beginning, Mike, so he he deserves a shout-out. Um, and we – he gave us a – like us to discuss. Um, but for context first, I'll just read off his team, which, by the way, is really good. And he credited us for that, which was nice. Um, but at QB, he has Mahomes. His running backs are – this is his starting lineup. Um, Did you tell him Mahomes was good? Is that how he got him? Yeah. Yeah, we were the first ones to say Mahomes was good. Called it here. Um, so Mahomes at QB, his running backs are Gibson and James Robinson, who I also have in my league. So, you know, what a coincidence. Uh, wide receivers are Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Cooks. And then on his bench, he has Jamar Chase, Waddle, Amari Rogers, uh, Jalen Rager, Jerry Judy, and then also Sermon, ETN. J.K. Dobbins and Gus, but both of them got hurt. And then Singletary and Tyson Williams. So here's the trade. By the way, he's 4-0. Um, so congrats. Makes sense. Team stacked. Um, but he would give Dobbins, Sermon, and his 22 first, and he would get Dalvin Cook in return. Hmm. So what do you guys think? Um, I'll start us off here. We were actually talking about this today, Johnny. Um how I'm kind of changing my dynasty attitude. I used to be all in on on um, having strong running backs and kind of putting wide receivers second. But I'm starting to realize that wide receivers have such a longer shelf life than running backs. And we're starting to see a shift towards running back by committee. So I think this is a slight overpay for Dalvin Cook, considering Dalvin's is still a young, young running back. He has this, this injury, but he'll be back. And Dalvin Cook is very injury prone, and you know because you've you've had him for so long that a lot of times he tries to play through injuries, and then gets re hurt in the game. That's just having your running back one be hurt yep. in the game kind of ruins ruins that week. So I personally wouldn't do it. I think I think he's in that situation where he's just antsy to make a trade, perhaps because his team's pretty stacked. I think you just you just ride with this team and keep building through through drafts. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um... I mean, his, his team is stacked, and I don't think he there's really a need to make a trade. Um, and I agree with what you said. Like, Dobbins is going to come back. And even if James Robinson isn't there next year, he has ETN. Um, Sermon is, is has some high upside, and he's also giving it a 22 first. Um, so he's giving up a lot. And I agree with what you said, Tommy. I think we talked about it when after David Montgomery went down. Um and it's just, you, you know, you see these running backs, like even Cordero Patterson right now is, what, running back five on the year. Like, guys come out of nowhere, um, like, once these other running backs get hurt. So, I'm leaning more towards having more wide receiver depth and not overpaying for an RB, like an RB one on the year. So, I agree with you. 
Yeah, it's it's also a little bit of a strange year to try to analyze, um, you know, like whether or not the players that we're seeing perform well, whether or not that's like something we can anticipate going on for the rest of the year or like if it's something that might change. I know so far that we have a situation where, like, I'll read off the top 10 at RB right now, too, to, like, give a little bit of a reference. Because it feels like, to your point, you're buying high on Dalvin. But Dalvin, as good as he is, like, hasn't actually produced that way this year. So, like, in some ways, if you're going for it this year, I don't even know if Dalvin's the best target, even though I like Dalvin Cook a lot. But he's just so expensive. I almost, like... I feel like once you have an asset get to his level, unless you know for sure you're like really in the thick of things, if you can sometimes, you know, diffuse that into three or four assets, that's better. I think like Dobbins next year when he's back, he might regret this a little bit. He's giving up a first. He, it's just it's a lot to give up. And even though Sermon has been a little bit inconsistent, he showed way, way better this week. And I don't know if I'm ready to just like give him away because everybody's in the same echo chamber on him. Um but going back to your dynasty philosophy a little bit here, Tommy, the top 10 for running back are Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Corderell Patterson, Aaron Jones, Zeke, Kareem Hunt, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Saquon Barkley, and then James Robinson, Montgomery, and Chubb are all tied. So it's like the people you would expect, but then again, look at people like Kamara. You know, he's not in that top 10. He's just under it. McCaffrey's hurt now again. Jonathan Taylor is not there right now. Um, so it's it's a little weird. I don't know. My philosophy has always been the same as yours, too. Like, I want the running backs. I don't like fading them. But it's all about which ones you're willing to pay, like, up for. Like, there's that middle tier of running backs. I think that Roto World did an analysis on it this year. And it was basically, like, the running backs that people typically draft in rounds three to six or four to seven is what they call the RB dead zone. And it's, like – most of those running backs, you want them to be RV2 or flex capable and less than 15% of them are ever really like actually hitting that threshold. So it's kind of like if you're not one of the top 12 or 13 running backs, you're just not getting safe, consistent points every single week. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I think that was very well put, Mike. Um, so I think we all kind of agree that it is a bit of an – I mean, I don't even want to say an overpay, just I, I think – we're leaning towards not doing that trade. Um, but he did mention that he did want to trade for Dalvin Cook. Um, is there any way you think he could maybe take a little bit off on his end and make it a, a better value for him to go get Dalvin Cook? Um, is this person in a full rebuild? What's the context of the other team? That is a good question, and I do not know. Okay. But we can assume he's kind of rebuilding, I guess, if he is trading Cook. Yeah, I mean, if he's if he's rebuilding, I don't think what he's asking for is, like, unbelievable. I think I would say I would be willing to give up, like, J.K. Dobbins, Trey Sermon, and something else, but I'd want to keep my first. Because his team is well-rounded, like, let's keep the youth and the injection of youth going there. Especially since Dobbins coming back is a little bit of an unknown quantity. Like, we don't know for sure what that's going to really be like. Um, so that would kind of be my advice there. Would just uh, a little food for thought here. Would you rather give up ETN or Dobbins? Like, if we're talking about you know two younger running backs, ETN, ETN, yeah, I think I'm leaning that too. So, like, if you could go ETN, would that be better for you? It would be better, but I still don't know if I would do it. I get that that's probably what the asking price is. I think it's just a lot of risk. Like, I'm not saying Sermon's great, but, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'd rather have, I think, the depth at this point. Like, he's 4-0, and and it feels like it's a tinker move. Yeah, I, I agree with Mike there. I think um, I think he made to be antsy. I think his team's pretty stacked. Um, I really don't see the need for a move at the moment. Yeah, I agree with that. Um I think his team is good enough to to win, and then you can keep that depth, youth, and and still have the first next year. Here's here's a fun stat I'm looking at as I'm trying to figure out like the top running back like stats on the year so far. <laughs> so Derrick Henry is number one in the league. He already has 113 rush attempts and 510 rushing yards. The next closest is Mixon, who's 80. He was at 83, so he's 30 behind him. Jeez. 
He already has a hundred and something rushing attempts. One hundred and thirteen. That's crazy. <laughs> For reference, Clyde Edwards-Helaire has fifty-eight. Jonathan Taylor is fifty-eight as well. Aaron Jones is fifty-six. Najee is fifty-five. Jeez. Yeah. Wheels. I. I mean, everybody keeps saying Wheels off the bus, but oh, God, he's. He's good at fantasy, man. He's one of the only players that really you can count every week that he's going to get his expected workload. Even Dalvin Cook dropped a five-burger this week. Yeah. And as you guys know, like, Kamara's been on and off. So, interesting. Um, well, just before we move on uh, yeah. to this listener, you know who you are. We appreciate the support, and we hope we can continue to help you out. And yeah, good sure. luck with the rest of the year. Yeah, and feel free to tell our friends uh, – or tell your friends about uh, – the league <laughs> so don't tell our friends you want to know who they are <laughs> tell tell tim about the league even though he's not uh, on recording right now but uh yeah thanks for listening and uh we're glad we could help out and we love all these kinds of trade questions so send them our way yeah. if you have other ones um with that being said are you guys cool with going in the main segment for today yep I'm ready. yeah sweet all right let's uh let's try to keep it a little bit more brief today, but basically this idea that I had a little bit earlier today was around usage of players through the first four weeks of the season. And I think there's just a couple of players that are not getting used the way that we either anticipated or the way that they're going to be most effective. So what I wanted to talk about with you guys a little bit is some of these underperforming players or some of these players that have like surprising usage and what to expect going forward. Um, and I can kick it off here. And, and the first guy I wanted to talk about and who really inspired this, uh, this episode is Miles Sanders. Um, and guys, I got to tell you, I, I had high hopes for Miles Sanders this year. Um, I thought, you know, he was an RB2 with some really solid upside. Week one, he had 15 attempts for 74 yards. You know, then week two, he has 13 attempts for 55 yards. Uh, week three, he has two attempts for 27. Week four, he has seven for 13. So I don't know if this is a full-blown trend, but this is kind of the second regime that stopped using Miles Sanders as consistently as I would like. Uh, clearly, Kenneth Gainwell has had a really strong start to his career, and, and you guys know I was talking up Kenneth Gainwell during the offseason. Even when he went in the fifth round, I was a little surprised he fell that far. Um, the good news for Miles Sanders is he is still getting some receiving work. It's not like he's disappearing in the receiving game completely. But obviously, anytime your RB2 or your flex is getting under 10 carries a week, like you're pretty worried, um, especially when it's a team like KC, who I know they were behind for a lot of the game, but they're a pretty solved run defense. So what do you guys think here? Like, What are you doing with Miles Sanders if you have him? Um, real quick, did you read the, his stats for the Cowboys game? Oh, how he had two rush attempts, and there were only three rushing attempts by RBs, and it was historically low. <laughs> yeah, that's just – he also averaged 13 and a half yards per attempt. So, I, yep. I don't understand – I don't understand that at all. And the sad part is he's so talented. Like, he is such a good running back when you actually just sit down and watch him. Um, But as for his usage, I'm kind of scared because, like you said, Kenneth Gainwell is, is performing very well. Um. And and as you see, his carries are slowly going down. To sell him, I probably wouldn't because I don't think you could get a lot for him. I don't think I would. There's no way I would sell without they're getting a first back. I yeah. would still want a first if I was an owner. Yeah, I mean, as a if I'm buying, I don't even think I'd feel comfortable giving up a first. Um, I mean, again, me and Tommy, I know we 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 talked about this. Um, off the pot, how a lot of teams are kind of going to split backfields. But giving them two carries in a game against Dallas, who is notorious for not having the – I mean, they've improved this year, but notorious for not having the best rush defense. Um, and they weren't – the sad part is they weren't really out of that game, like, in the beginning. Like, they kind of just mm -hmm. stopped – they never started running the ball, and they kind of just threw themselves out of the game. Um, so what scares me is not the talent. It's – I don't know why they're – just not using him, um, but I I wouldn't feel comfortable giving giving anything more than like a second for him. Yeah, I get that, and, and it's fair because as an owner, like I'm gonna have a different type of bias, so that's why I had to ask you guys first. I'm gonna I'm gonna get ballsy here because why not? I'm gonna double down on him. I think um, I'm not gonna like necessarily go get him unless I think the price is right. Like in most of the leagues that people have him in, like I don't think they're gonna trade him. But, like, from a redraft perspective, I still have faith he's going to turn it around here. Um, 
Things can change so quickly in one week. I mean, you guys remember how it was for Clyde after two weeks? Like, after that Ravens game and that fumble, people were like, oh, like, you can't get a second for him. Like, he's he's done. And all of a sudden, like, we'll talk about Clyde in a little bit, but he's had back-to-back 100-yard rushing games. So, like, things can change really quickly. And this is, like, a true example of buying low on a player and, like, taking on a risk, but it possibly could pay off really well. Yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. I think um... – What's it, Starinelli? That's the new. That's the new Eagles coach. Sirianni. That. Yeah, there you go. You're right. Same you're, idea though. Yeah, you got it. Um, yeah, you're, you're Italian, like. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. But um, hopefully he starts to settle in, and realize that having a strong run game can help help his offense, especially when you're averaging 13 and a half yards attempt against the Cowboys. So I I don't mind that. I think he's obviously a talented running back. And and what's weird is you think when you have – I mean, Hertz is not technically a rookie, but he basically is because he only started a few games last year. But you would think when you have a rookie or, like, a young quarterback and you would want to establish the run to get him going. So I don't really know why they're not. But I do like what you said, Mike, where, I mean, I, I think he if they give him the ball, I know he can turn it around. We, we saw him do it at the end of last year, which is why his um, – or was it two years ago, where his preseason hype was so so high because he had a good, strong finish. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I can see that happening again. I just – I don't trust the Eagles. So here's an example, too, where, like, you need to look a little bit of the trend of the team as well. So the Eagles right now are one and three, and I think that there's a clearly room for improvement for them as, like, a team. It's, it's a good thing if you start to look at it from the perspective of, like, okay, this team isn't doing this and winning – you know, it's not like the Ravens, where, like, the Ravens are kind of hodgepodging their running back situation, and it's working fine because, like, they have Lamar and, like, Hollywood's been playing so well. Um, like, the Eagles, it hasn't been working. So, to me, in, you know, installing a little bit of a read-pass option into here, like, RPO and, and trying to continue spread the way they are might be better. Now, I know that they had a little bit more RPO in week two, and it didn't work particularly well. Um but I'm, you know, Sirianni's still new to being a head coach. Like he's still learning. I wouldn't be surprised if a priority this week is like getting the running back some carries. And the other thing here to keep in mind is that like Kenneth Gainwell weirdly has a couple of I think rushing or receiving touchdowns, and Miles Sanders has none on the year. Like I think he's going to be due for some positive touchdown regression too. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with that. I mean, hopefully, right? Or Kenneth Gainwell is somehow the smaller but goal line back. It would make no sense, but it would check out for how the Eagles sometimes operate. Yeah, I remember they kind of did that with Boston Scott at the end of last year, which is kind of weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay, well, that was the first player I wanted to talk about. Why don't um, one of you guys go next on somebody who you want to hit on? Um, I'll go first, Johnny. So, right. I want to talk about Chenault. I know you weren't completely upset with his usage but I am I think he's just such an athletically gifted player that is being underused I think he should be used we've seen CeeDee Lamb line up in the backfield and, and run halfback dives with the Cowboys and I, I I think they're pretty similar players in that aspect I think his lack of jet sweeps and just overall targets are kind of concerning because Urban Meyer doesn't know how to run a team he would prefer to put Trevor Lawrence in eight to ten rushing attempts, which is great for your franchise quarterback. That's sarcasm for any of you that can't understand <laughs> that one. Um, but I really, I was really high on him coming to the season, especially in PPR leagues. So I would like to hear what you guys think about that. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot of preseason hype because, um, especially when ETN went down. Uh, Urban Meyer said he was going to use him out of the as a uh, excuse me out of the backfield and kind of almost as like a third down back, um, and then he really hasn't done that. I, I'm not too scared of his usage though. I know I was reading um, off his targets to you guys before, and he's really not. I'm going to try and find him real quick. Um, he got targets week one, seven, week two, four, week three, and then another seven, week four, which honestly isn't isn't terrible. Um, he hasn't produced great, but I also think that's partially because um, Trevor Lawrence is kind of just getting settled in. It's a new new offense, a new head coach who obviously doesn't really know what he's doing. So there's a lot of moving parts here, um, but I think he is getting – he's getting 
a good amount of targets, which I'm comfortable with, but I do agree with you, Tommy, where Urban Myers is not really using him to his full potential. My issue is, and I think this is a good one to talk about, my issue with Chenault is now that DJ Shark is out for the year, Chenault's not going to be easily bought from somebody who doesn't own him. Because like people are already higher on him than DJ Shark coming into the year, and like they just are going to need to kind of force feed the guys that they have. So, like, I don't think you could get Chenault for a second. I mean, maybe you could, but I, I feel like some of his owners wanted a first before the season started. Now they're going to be back on that hype train. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I mean, you might have even um, – his rookie year, you might have even drafted him in the first. I think I would sell him. I think if I could get a first for him, I would sell him. Yeah, I actually, I actually like that a lot. Because oh, – I'm sorry. Good. No, go ahead, Tom. You got it. I just, I just want to get back to Johnny's point real quick. Because um, his targets aren't concerning. Like, you are seeing those seven, eight, nine targets. But a lot of those are quick little bubble screens, which kind of, I feel like, are inflating his numbers because those only go for two or three yards. I Like, his targets actually down the field are what's concerning me more. And to, to lead into your guys' conversation, that would lead me to sell him, I believe. Yeah, I think this is a classic sell-off-the-hype kind of situation. Like, I'm not – I wouldn't be surprised if he ends the year as a wide receiver, like, back-end two, but more like a wide receiver three. It's more just like this is a perfect, like, smash the sell on anybody who has that level of hype on him right now, kind of. Yeah, I agree with that because, I mean, you got Chark who's going to come back, and there's just a lot of unknowns. I think the guy you want to own in that offense is Marvin Jones. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I've been a Marvin Marvin Jones truther for a while, but just to just to reiterate my point real quick, his he's averaging two point eight yards per target. So essentially, they're not letting him push the ball down the field or be explosive, which I think he could benefit from. So maybe when Urban Meyer's gone in the next three weeks, and they change the scheme around a little bit, he could be rejuvenized. But as of right now, I'm not too sure. I mean. That's a good point, and, and what helps with the hype is he kind of was um, – he did that last week, and they definitely pushed the ball downfield to him. You know, he had a couple couple deep catches, and he – I think one, he ended up on the one-yard line. So, if he had that touchdown, he would have had a monster day. Yeah. But um, anyone who saw that and then, you know, with Chark going out, I, I, I think I'm selling with you, Mike. Love it. See, that's what, that's what it's all about. It's all about convincing the people that are talking on the pod to agree with your take and then uh, kind of bragging about it after the fact. Unless it doesn't work out, of course. Then we just kind of don't ever reference the calls that we had. Um, yeah, but the, only, the only people's calls that haven't worked out are Tim so far. and He, he well, got the boot, so it's all right. That's, that's absolutely why he's out. Very good point, John. Glad you uh, <laughs> brought that up. Okay, John, why don't you give us uh, one of your players you want to hit on? Well, I was thinking about hitting on Josh Jacobs. Um you know, while we were talking about uh, Miles Sanders, um, Josh Jacobs is kind of another one of those guys that has just kind of been faded this year. Um, but also, you know, we saw John Gruden bring in Kenyon Drake, and I don't really know what John Gruden's doing either. Um, but Josh Jacobs, he, he gets decent attempts. He just – he's not really doing much this year. So I'm curious – because I know you own him in the league too, Mike, so I'm curious what you think. Well, he was hurt for two games. It's possible that this game he kind of was just coming back, and so he wasn't going to get too many carries the first game back. Um, the more interesting thing to me is actually kind of like snap percentage at this point. So, you know, right now, week one, his snap percentage was 52, which wasn't great. Surprisingly, his snap percentage just now this past week was 63%. So, you know, it's a little bit weird with him, but then again, he had five receptions, albeit not for a lot of yards this past week as well. Um, he seems like a buy low to me. The problem I have with Josh Jacobs is always the same problem I have. Like he looked so explosive his first year. And I, I don't know if maybe he just doesn't have the space to like operate really effectively. And like the Raiders line isn't great. I think that's part of it, but he doesn't seem to sometimes have like the burst that I expect him to have. That being said, he's still only 23 years old. So like, I'm not necessarily giving up on him. He does seem to always play a little banged up, which is probably – like, he limps after, like, every play. Yeah. Yeah, he makes me nervous basically every time he goes out. It's funny because the team that I have both Sanders and Jacobs on, on paper, looks like a great team, and they let me down every single week. 
I, I, I need a new team name. I think the team name is, has something to do with it. Uh, yeah, you got to switch something up because you, on paper, have the best team in the league. And well, I'm one not. and three, so it's pretty yeah. good. Well, I, I beat you when A.J. Brown went down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then this week I lost DJ Shark, so it was like a double whammy. Although, shout out to my boy who's going to get some tread now. Hunter Renfro, baby, because he got cut. This is a 14-team dynasty league. He was a second-year receiver, and Hunter Renfro got cut. And I couldn't believe that. I instantly scooped him up, and he's been a top 25 wide receiver so far. So that's that's really the news we should be talking about. Yeah, and in that same league, um, uh, someone cut Naimi Hines, and now I have him stashed on my bench every once in a while who gave me a decent game. But um, just coming back yeah. to when you said you have Sanders and um, – Josh Jacobs in your on your roster and looks really good. I think that comes back to one of my beginning points about how I'm starting to emphasize wide receivers, and I think those are perfect examples. You have Josh Jacobs that's continually beat up and is a product of his O-line, so as the O-line kind of got worse, his production started to fall. And then you have Miles Sanders that is death by running back by committee. Um, I think we're really starting to see a, see a turn in, in football and the – Don Juan's dynasty is ahead of it. Yeah, the other thing that's a little tricky is that's a fourteen-team league, so it's like running backs that, like you, like you just said, you were excited that Naheem Hines was on the wire. Like that kind of goes to show you that <laughs> when you get a real running back on your team, it's like kind of hard to do. So you also have to factor that in a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah, but back to um, Tommy's back to Tommy's point. I mean, uh, we see it every year. Like Jacobs was, you know, he's a first-round running back. Um, and then you guys that come in, like, I mean, Gibson went undrafted in one of our leagues. Um, James Robinson, I picked him up off the waiver wire. Like, there's guys like that every year. Even Hines, I think I think through week three, Hines was outscoring Jonathan Taylor, actually. Yeah. There's always about- guys like that you can pick up and put in your flex. Yeah, I was about to say, I think before the last game where he got point one, which is obviously the, the issues that come with having these type of running backs, he was close to – being about the same as Chris Carson and Chris Carson got three points this week too. So it's, it's just interesting. I think it needs to be talked about a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a little bit hard too. Cause I feel like people are down on Josh Jacobs, even though I think he was like RB seven last year. So it's not like he didn't end up having a good year. It's just like one of those guys where people are always unsure what you're going to really get out of them. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You can always find like, look at this year, quarter Patterson, like, I can't freaking believe I'm saying it, but, you know, he's RB3 on the year. So it's like it, – it, it's hard to anticipate sometimes what that's going to look like. I think the more interesting concept here, and it's one that I that I would like to point out, is so many teams have a committee, but what you really want is the guy in the committee who catches the passes most of the time. Like, Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs might be a little bit more exceptions because, like, I think Sanders' hands are fine. Um but, like, Gainwell's floor is going to be safe because of his receptions. Josh Jacobs, you know, his floor isn't there because he's not going to catch passes, or at least he's not going to catch them consistently. But then another, you know, tandem duo I look at, like you said, for example, Naheem Hines, like he has a safe floor, and I'm not even close to saying you want him over Jonathan Taylor, but just, like, the floor of the guy who catches balls is sometimes safer. And Swift is a good example of it, too, where, like, Swift is still getting a couple of catches every single week. So – you know, the worst he's going to have in a game is hopefully six, seven points, even if he's not hitting Pater. Yeah. Yeah, same with uh, my good old buddy Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. I think Ronald Jones is probably the better, like, pure running back, but because he has hands of steel, they toss Fournette out there every, <laughs> every play. And you're, and I know you're going to hate me for saying it, but McKissick, too. Like, McKissick's floor has been, like, really solid. <laughs> he had another – he's the reason – I didn't tell you guys this. I guess I'll announce it on the pod. I, I won 450 on an eight-leg parlay on Sunday, and it was because of McKissick because uh, he got that 40-yard catch and then scored. You're I noticed how I wasn't invited to join that parlay. Uh, it was a $25 free DraftKings bet. Like, I had a slip for it. It wasn't out of my account. I drunkenly made the bet on Saturday <laughs> during the day. <laughs> yeah, decisions are the best decisions. So you guys want to you guys want to hear what the parlay was? I'll read it back to you real quick. I'm ready. It was 230 passing yards for Matt Ryan, 230 passing yards for Heineke, one passing touchdown for each of them, uh, over 65 receiving yards for McLaurin, 
over like 64 for Ridley. Um, the spread was negative 1.5. Football team had to win. Um, and then <laughs> Cordell Patterson, nine receiving yards and 20 rushing yards. And they all hit. It was that pretty hit, wild. That hits like once in 200 times those teams meet. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a meaningless game. And, and I almost lost it. The only reason I won is because J.D. McKissick, I don't know if you were watching the game, but Heineke threw it across his body. Uh, <laughs> and McKissick caught it. And then he scored that touchdown, and they would have kicked a field goal and only won by one point probably had that play not happened. So it was – I used up probably all my luck for the year. It almost made up for DJ Shark. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Yeah. Uh, Good old yeah. J.D. McKissick. So happy for you, man. Well, it's not like I like – well, that's the thing. Do I owe J.D. McKissick an apology? Because I talked I, – I had a whole rant last week on he's how he's like one of the things I never want to see on my TV screen. <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to kind of want to see him on my TV screen. He actually looked pretty good. He, makes, <laughs> he looks good, he's, man. It makes me, it makes me it. sad, but he freaking looks quick and he, like, actually runs routes. I don't like it. When you actually, like, if you look at it just at a football perspective, like, how the um, the Washington football team is using his running backs is pretty effective. But as a, I agree. as a football player, it kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, I said to John, like, the thing with McKissick is it's not that Gibson's hands aren't, like, good enough to catch. It's that it's McKissick does the same thing that Swift does. Like, he runs, like, legitimate, like, these slippery, like, wheel routes, and he has, like, these dig routes that, like, sometimes, like, a bigger dude it just has a harder time running that route. Like, they're just not built to make those kinds of plays. Yeah, he runs like the devil's chasing him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's be honest. McKissick's playing for his career, like, every game. <laughs> he just has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right, who's who's next to go into a person? You guys each did one so far? Yeah. Yeah, you're up, Mike. Okay, uh, let's talk about Clyde Edwards-Elaire. I did say I would get back to him here, so uh, man of my word. You know, sky is falling uh, two weeks ago. He's a player, can't get a second for him, yada, yada, yada. Back-to-back 100-yard rushing games, highly effective. Um, I think he did it in under, what is it, 14 carries this week, and he might have done it in under 17 last week. I will double check that number. I think that's what it was. Uh, 17 carries last week to get to 100, 14 this week to get to 102. Um, yeah, to me, Clyde looks back. I mean, the question is still going to come down to, like, can he be more of a factor in the receiving game? Uh, Daryl Williams is still getting some of those red zone carries, but back-to-back weeks where Clyde had a uh, receiving touchdown, which was good. What do you guys think about Clyde moving forward? Are you, like, kind of back in here, or do you think this is a mirage? Where are you guys with him? Um, I'll start real quick. I'm, I was surprised by his usage. I really – the way the Chiefs built their new O-line with, um, I believe it's Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley from the Ravens, right? That's their new left tackle? Yep. Yep. No, and not then, Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie Stanley was the uh, – Ronnie Stanley's the current left tackle. They got Orlando Brown from the Ravens. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Got him confused. So, Orlando Brown, um, Joe Thune from the from the Patriots, and then Creed Humphreys in the draft. And that's a a power football O-line that's going to – I thought at least if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire only got like 12 rushes, like that's a great run-blocking O-line. I thought he was going to be extremely efficient, and I think that's what we're seeing in the last uh, – few weeks I'm kind of surprised by his usage in space I thought um Andy Reid would get him the ball like out wide a little more but other than that mm-hmm. it, it's picking up um it's the last two weeks are what I expected more um so I'm not panicking obviously I know you're not either so I think people are going to be really happy with the latest results yeah. interesting stat for you here the going from week one to week four he has averaged more rushing yards and more yards per carry every single week. His snap percentage has gone down every single week. He mm-hmm. went from 72 to 65 to 62 to 52 snap percentage, but his rushing yards went from 43 to 46 to 100 to 102. Who's who's the Chiefs' backup? Is it Daryl Williams? Daryl Williams. Williams. Yeah, he's a big Daryl. Statue. Oh, he's the dude that stands straight up in the backfield? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that is him. Tommy, we were we were watching one game, and Tommy goes, "Who the hell is that statue in the backfield? Get him off the field." <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Okay, um, here's a, here's a question. Well, yeah, okay. John, go into your analysis. Go no, into your no, analysis. No, no. Ask the question. 
Well, this will probably prove whether or not you are back in on him. I was going to say, would you give up a first for Clyde? I feel like the answer is yes, easily for me, but. Yeah, yes. I was high high on him in the beginning of the year, and he had a shaky start, but I think he's – and it it goes back to the difference between good coaching and bad coaching because he's in a good coaching system, and they're going to stick with their guy. And, and versus like the Eagles where it's kind of a shaky situation and, you know, a player has one bad week and they're just switching to another running back. Um, I think Andy Reid, you know, he, he had a couple of bad games. You know, he had that fumble, which actually lost me a fantasy week. But I can I can forget about that. Um, and Andy Reid's just sticking with his guy and, and his talent showing. So um, I would buy for a first pretty easily. I agree. Okay, I will revise the question. Would you buy for a first as early as pick five estimated? Mm. Yeah. I would too. I would too because it's not a good QB class if you need a quarterback. And there's only really two running backs, I think. Who is it, Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller? They're the running backs people are talking about for this class. So if you don't have a top two pick. There's always guys like Javante Williams that kind of – pop off towards the end of the year. But, um, yeah, I would I would feel comfortable giving up, you know, top – or not maybe not a top five pick, but that early of the first one. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes the game's all about risk. It's all about, like, when you're going to target going after a player and stuff like that. So, I'm kind of – I'm kind of in agreement with you. I think that's the right approach. That's definitely how I would be seeing it, too. I mean, he's still, he's still, what, 22, and he's in a great offensive scheme, and he was taken in the first round so they can pick up his option. Like, he's going to be good. Just because he had a couple slow games doesn't really – that shouldn't dictate his, you know, fantasy career. I have a question for you, Mike. All right. Would you rather have Jamar Chase right now or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Oh, Chase. Chase. Probably depend on my roster, but Chase. Yeah. I actually don't think that's super close. I feel like Chase is probably a top eight wide receiver. Yeah, I, I didn't know if maybe bias was sticking, but that, that wasn't close for me either, really. Give yeah. me another one. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or... I'm trying to think of an. I would say um, Rashad Bateman, but he's injured, so we really don't know. Actually, screw it. I'll do Rashad Bateman. That's Clyde for me easily. Okay. I'm trying to think of. I don't have the wide receivers in front of me because I'm using the phone for the. Podcast. How about Devonte Smith? Clyde or Devonte Smith? Um. I I may go Devonte. Actually, how old is Devonte? Isn't he like twenty three? No, he's young. He's twenty two. Yeah, he's twenty two. They're both twenty two though. Clyde's young as well. Twenty two second year in the league. I think I may go, uh, Devonte Smith. That's definitely a closer one. John, uh, I'd probably go Clyde, just because who knows the quarterback situation for the Eagles going forward for like the near future. But I think it also depends on where my team would be at. Yeah. It kind of depends on your depth at both positions. That one might be really like roster dependent in in a vacuum. I'm going to go with uh, Clyde just because running back scarcity, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't be mad either way. Although I will say Devontae Smith looked great this week. I wish I could trade for him in any of my leagues. Yeah, I, I liked him a lot, but I, I have him. What do you want to give me for him? Well, that's your problem. You want to trade. You want to trade receivers like Tyler Boyd and Devonte Parker. If you <laughs> wanted to trade me an actual receiver that I was excited about, then I would talk to you. All right, boys. Devonta Smith for Clyde Evans Lair one to one right now. <laughs> Walk yeah, it see, in, that Mike. I won't don't do. Think, don't think. Just say yes. Lock it in. <laughs> that I won't do because I have six legitimate wide receivers, even though they're all hurt. I'm so, I'm on sleeper on my computer right now. I'm sending the trade over. <laughs> <laughs> okay do you guys uh, have anything else you want to talk about though in all honesty yeah real quick i gotta go over one guy that is very important to me and uh, uh, that is james connor versus chase edmonds oh 
So it's actually kind of interesting because it's almost an even split in carries. Um, Connor's sprinkled in in the passing game here and there. Um, obviously, Edmonds is kind of dominating that. But Connor gets pretty much all the red zone touches. And the Cardinals are in the red zone a lot. Um, the last two weeks, I think he has two touchdowns a pop. Um, so where do you guys lean for them? I This was off the air. But if you check me and Kevin Abbott's group message, Abbott, it's apt. <laughs> don't, don't, I love how you name drop people on here. That's okay. Nobody will know who you're talking about. No, I, and, maybe um, Kevin's listening. No, but I told him in the beginning of the year that I was willing to, to send a late draft pick for James Conner just for his depth this year because this is exactly what I saw. I saw him being just a huge red zone threat. And I saw him being more efficient than the Steelers because the Steelers' O-line is just trash. And then having that run option of um, Kyler Murray just improves uh, running back efficiency. Did you get him? No, I didn't because I think he wanted my second. Well, I don't blame him for that. Thirds aren't worth anything. Thirds are worth Dookie. Well, well, James Conner's been nowhere near efficient, but – He's just getting all the red zone touches. So <laughs> when he need when he you know when he needs a yard, he, he gets you a yard. When he need four yards, he gets you a yard. Hey, he's had kind he's of deal. Two beast runs. I'll send you a highlight tape over in a second. He's certifiable poodoo, and I've, I had to start him in a league. I would be freaking out. <laughs> no, like I said, he was just gonna be my bench piece because this year I'm pushing for the championship. So in case someone gets hurt in the playoffs or something, I still have a chance. Like that. Oh, you think Connor's the guy that's going to make it to the playoffs? I mean, he's averaged two touchdowns the last two weeks, so maybe. Listen, yeah. man, you, you you have all these theories, but at the end of the day, like, DJ Shark blasted his ankle and A.J. Brown isn't playing for me, and those are wide receivers. So the whole running backs are getting hurt more, yada, yada, yada. Like, I had a good setup there. I'm going to need Hunter Renfro to get me to the playoffs at the rate I'm going. Hunter Renfro is though. Yeah, he will. Dude, I offered I couldn't I can't get a top eight tight end and I offered my first and like a receiver like Jacoby Myers and I don't know what to do with that, to be honest with you. I I can't believe I can't get a tight end at that price, but it is what it is. All right, so Mike, what do you think about James Conner versus Chase Edmonds? You just didn't even answer that. <laughs> I thought it was self explanatory once I said that James <laughs> Conner is poodoo. <laughs> but since you want to hear the official answer, I'd much rather have Edmonds. Oh, I mean, me too, but, you know, James Conner's getting all the red zone touches, dude. You don't want two touchdowns a game? Yeah. Do oh, I didn't know he was just game. automatically a lock for 34 touchdowns this year. Why didn't you tell me that? Well, you know, he's going to be right behind Sam Darnold for the, the touchdown league. For the t- <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's crazy. Sam Darnold is going to have more touchdowns this year than probably Clyde Edwards-Alaire. <laughs> you, know, you know what's crazy is – Odd, you went. Oh, dude, he's on. He's on average for sixteen a year. Like, no way he does that. And the next week, he rushes for two more touchdowns. <laughs> oh, so I need to look this up. Who did I look up last time? It was like, what was Lamar in his MVP season? Like, how yeah. many rushing touchdowns did he have? And it was, it, it was, was like, uh, eight. Yeah, I think it was eight. Sam Donald's at what five? <laughs> yeah. So what I want to see now, yeah. So Sam Donald clearly a god, but what I want to see is Cam Newton's rushing touchdowns. Well, can I find that somewhere? Let's see. Did, I think doesn't Cam Newton have the rushing touchdown record for a quarterback? Yeah, because I remember in Madden, whenever I have a quarterback and I run the ball, it always has like break Cam Newton's rushing record. I'm looking it up too. Fourteen rushing touchdowns in two thousand. He's a rookie year, dude. Fourteen. That's crazy. And it was with the Panthers. Darnold's gonna break that baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's disgusting. I can't believe I had to look at that. I'm gonna curl. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's it's beautiful because I gave I traded uh, Tim a future pick for him and Tim went oh thanks for the free pick and now Donald's like QB like four on the year. God, that's <laughs> despicable. I hate that's that. Oh, yeah. All right, I have, I have one more player to talk about and then I'm good with closing out. Let's go with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Is it James um, actually, this can be this can be a two this can be a two for one. Um, let's talk about Kittle and Ayuk um, because I think both of them are getting underutilized right now. Um, First, let's start with Ayuk. Do you would you guys rather have at this point Debo? I mean, in redraft, it's an easy yes. What about in dynasty? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, they're they're similar ages, right? Like Debo is not Debo is not that old, isn't he? Twenty four. That's a good question. Let's see. Debo is twenty five. 
I think Ayuk is probably 23. Yeah, but I mean, and yep, he was he what? He's what? Oh. Wide receiver three on the year? Ayuk's got right my now? birthday, baby. That changes <laughs> oh. my answer. You got to get him. You know, who else has, you know who else has your birthday? Is Sandy. <laughs> can I trade for Sandy? That's my cat for all those listeners. Him can and Mike I, share, can I trade, him and Mike share a birthday. Can I trade Josh Jacobs for Sandy? Oh, dude. Uh, I might need more than that. <laughs> Toss okay. Sanders. All right. Good enough. Um, all right. You guys are both going with Debo at this point. Yeah. Those, yeah. Both just used more in the run game. Just, it just increases upside. And I mean, yeah, we, we, I don't know. We talked about it. it. We we talked about it before. How some wide receivers just um, take a little bit longer to develop. And I know Debo was hurt in the beginning of his career, and that slows him down. But he's kind of you know prime age, and he's breaking out, um, which is what you want to see. So, and and Ayuk's just more of an unknown right now. Yeah, Debo's going haywire right now. Yeah, it's also tough having a quarterback like Garoppolo who just absolutely sucks. So that's hard to evaluate talent. I wonder if Lance coming in is going to help Ayuk and Kittle. I can't imagine it makes it worse. Uh, Lance looked pretty rough. I think he, I think he does need a year to develop. But I, I don't know, man. His, his stats were talent, there. His arm talent, I think, helps both of them. Oh yeah, the potential. Why do you say he was rough? He was rough. You just think he was missing a couple of throws. I think he didn't know when to take some off the ball. And no matter what, was just throwing lasers. Like, that was one of my criticisms of Herbert when he came out of Oregon. But he, like, worked on that a lot, putting touch on the ball. And I think that caused a lot of overthrows. He didn't put any touch on the ball in that freaking 80-yard touchdown to Mike Williams last night. He freaking whipped it over his head. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the point, too. Like, he came in and he wasn't prepared to start. He wasn't yeah. prepared to play. Like, it, it's a little hard to evaluate. He's still – from a fantasy perspective, he gave you a lot to be excited about. I oh. feel like, oh yeah, by no means is he bad. I think he just needs. I think he just needs that time. Year. Yeah, I think he needs time too. He might not get it. We'll have to see what happens with Garoppolo. Okay, my 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 long story short with Kittle is I'm not panicking, but uh, you know Kittle is a really expensive player in fantasy, and like he has one game above ten fantasy points on the year. Um, I think he's still obviously where the first, but like, are you guys? Panicking, like where is he in your tight end dynasty rankings? Uh, um, I think he's. I mean, I'm trying to think, we got Waller, Kelsey, Hawkinson, uh, you know, Dal- Dalton Schultz. Um, Sorry, one of those is not like the other. Can you please go back to Dalton Schultz? <laughs> oh, you mean the number five tight end on the year? No, I think Kelsey I had Schultz, Schultz last year, dude. I haven't. I cut him. Um, I picked him up. Um. I think Kittle is still a top five uh, dynasty tight end for me. I think just I think the 49ers offense as a whole right now is just kind of figuring things out, and the transition period between Garoppolo and Lance is slowly happening. And I think once that happens, um, Kittle is going to be back in the top five. Your um, his injuries don't concern you guys that much. I feel like he's open. Not anymore than some of these other players. players. Here's, Here's a better question. Travis Kelsey is 32. I think George Kittle is 27. Yeah, I just looked it up. He's 27. Yes. Okay. Who would you rather have in Dynasty, knowing he's five years younger? Uh, hmm. I, mm, I mean, I don't know. Kelsey doesn't. Kelsey stays on the field more than Kittle, despite the age. Yeah, I think I might still go Kelsey. I mean, he could play at least 35. I mean, my situation right now, because I am in win-now mode, I'd definitely take Kelsey. If I'm a rebuilding team, I don't know if i go for either. I think Kittle I mean, might be a good buy for a rebuilding team. Yeah, Because he's going to be cheaper than dude, – dude, Pitts is so expensive already. And Pitts hasn't – I mean, obviously not surprising, but – like that's the other thing too, right? Like I think it's obvious that Kittle's still top five. Is he is he five though? Like would you rather have Hawkinson, Pitts, Kelsey, and Waller? I think I it's so hard with Waller too, because Waller's producing so well, even though Waller's a little bit older. I think I'd take all of them over Kittle. Yeah. I think Hawkinson, I might Hawkinson looks great too. 
Yeah, Hawkinson's like 22. Oh, it's close. I might rather have Kittle than Hawkinson, but I, I might rather have Kittle than Pitts too just because like Pitts – I don't think Pitts is going to be bad. I think Pitts will be great, but it could be like – I don't know. It could be two years until you see actual like really solid production from Pitts. Like Hawkinson, this is Hawkinson's third year. Like it took Hawkinson time. Oh, yeah. Historically, it takes tight ends. The longest. Any other position, yeah. But they also last the longest. Like Kelsey could play till he's thirty four, thirty five, and be good. Yeah, yeah. That's Antonio why Gates is playing at thirty eight. Yeah, that's why I think I'd rather have Kelsey than Kittle. Because I feel like thirty two to twenty seven is like not a huge gap for tight end. And you know he's tied to Mahomes for the next thirty five for- years. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing with Clyde edwards Zulaire. I feel like the reason that Clyde edwards Zulaire doesn't ever get the ball is because either kill like either Kelsey or Tyreek is always open. Yeah, but they ran that little uh, red zone like rollout flip play to him. Shuffle bullshit. Shuffle. Yeah, yeah Mahomes, that stupid dumb play. Mahomes probably has fifteen career passing touchdowns off of throwing it forward six six yards or six inches. Yeah. Yep. But I'm saying to, to see that go to uh, Ceh was nice instead of going to Kelsey. True, true. But then Daryl Williams got a rushing touchdown in the third quarter, so <laughs> well, you're only allowed sense. to have so many nice things in this game. Well, yeah, we wouldn't want you to win any games, you know. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't want you to be able to predict what would happen. What's the point <laughs> in that? We need to get yeah. Tim back on here so you can have some takes, and then people can just audible, just do the opposite <laughs> of what he suggests. All right, we'll get him back on next week for the listeners. I don't know, dude. He's been pretty busy lately. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He might need to take a break. Oh, God. Tim, you're not going to listen all 52 minutes if you do listen, so I, I think we're probably safe. That's, uh, a lot of, that's a lot of effort to listen to 52 minutes, so I'm not worried about well, it. He's part, he's, well, when you're part-time, why would you <laughs> Why would you spend time listening? Okay, anyway, enough, enough. Um, I don't have anything else to hit on. Do you guys have anything else fantasy football-related? Nope. Good. Nope. I'm good, yeah. All right. Well, uh, oh, well uh, next week, I think we're going to have Kevin from The Office. We're going to merge podcast with him, right? Mm-hmm. All right, I'll set yeah, that up. I mean, if you get that done, then we can get them to advertise. And that would be great. Done. I'll set yeah. it up. We're also starting a um, – crap, now I can't remember the name of it. When you TikTok? Happy birthday? Oh, uh, Cameo? Yeah, we're or starting a Cameo. Where yeah, it's... but it's Tim. You got to yeah. pay 200 bucks, and Tim wishes you a happy birthday. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Peace yeah. out. Peace.